Jenny Turner, Lovejoy Real Estate. I'm here today with Layla Cook, CEO of Make-A-Wish Oregon. And we're gonna talk about adulting, wills, trusts, charitable giving, all those important things that we should all be thinking about. Hi, I'm Layla Cook. I am the CEO of Make-A-Wish Oregon, also a good friend of Jenny Turner's and a 10-time client. Is that right? 10, 10 transactions. That's interesting, I hadn't I counted. Know. My very, the very first one you did is actually my favorite. The cottage? Why? Because it was cute and little <laughs> and complicated and I learned a lot and like, it was a good rental for my brother at, in the end. Like, it just was a good, like, that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. I also remember you calling me and saying something like, I know you only sell mansions, yeah. but I have this little cottage. I'm like, no, 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 I sell everything. Like, way back then. Way back then. You definitely did. <laughs> I still did. I know. So talk to me a little bit today around wills and the importance of having a will and having your affairs in order just in case. I know you have lots of interesting personal experience with that, but talk, talk to me a little bit. Yeah, so on a personal level, you know, but my um, child's dad died when she was only five years old and uh, he died without a will and it has put an entire different spin on my whole life. It has become an accidental area of expertise that I have um, partially because I've had to deal with the business of it and still have to continue to deal with the business of it for years to come. What, ha like, what is that like? How, how is it different because he didn't have a will versus if he would have had a will? So in Oregon, there's a thing called a conservatorship. And so we had to petition the state to have uh, where, not, not specific where Amara lives, but uh, to deal with the money. And uh, to deal with, even though we all agreed his parents, his brother, we all agreed on the, the fact that what he would have wanted to have happen had he had a will. Um, the, the state overrides whatever the wishes are. And it kind of creates a different way in terms of business to kind of engage professionals in, in the conservatorship as well as um, a longer, different timeline um, for inheriting his assets. And I mean, he wasn't a multimillionaire. Nope. Like, I mean, it's not worth, like, we're not talking a whole lot of money that way. No. But it made the process so much more complex. And continues to make it. I had a, I had two meetings today, one with a lawyer and one with a wealth manager to, to kind of do an inherited IRA distribution. And so, like, the stuff keeps on happening. And, you know, because there was no will, all of those professionals need to keep on being paid. Right. For years. You know, so it's not um, free. It's not also... Um, what we would have wanted, what he would have wanted, and we're all in agreement on what he would have wanted. So it is uh, kind of a, the tax implication is different, but also just on a very basic level, the kind of professionals who have to do wraparound services um, are legally required. And is that because the state's worried about protecting the minor? Yeah, of course. And of course there have, I, I always say like, laws exist for a reason. Of yep. course, somebody at some point, or lots of people probably, probably. Um, took the money or spent it nefariously or were um, bad actors in the system. Uh, but even if you're not a bad actor, you get treated like a bad actor. You know, right. and then I had to get uh, insured for the, bonded for the amount of um, money in conservatorship. And it's just all this wild stuff. And it's a whole bunch of stuff that nobody knows even the words to use. It's a, like going to school when you're already grieving, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, because it's not even like, there was a whole lot of emotion going on at that point as well. Then having to deal with selling his house and paying bills and figuring things out. What, on a day-to-day -day basis for you managing, because obviously you're managing the money for Amara, how does that 
you have other people giving you advice, do you have to follow it? Uh, yep, so the judge gets ultimate say. And like for instance, if we wanted to, like the advice is very strongly to put it in a 529 because it uh, saves money for college. Yep. It has less taxes involved. Um, it is what he would have wanted to pay for her college. Right. That's theoretically what we tell her the money's for. Um, <clears throat> we can't do it. The judge says like it can't be that restrictive because he didn't put those restrictions on it. And we all agreed that's what it is for, right? So. Um, yeah. So you don't get the tax benefits nope. because the judge said, sorry, you can't put it in a 529. Correct. Interesting. And I will say, like, I have met so many people, both personally as well as through my work, who just don't want to deal with their will, who don't want to have the hard conversation about what happens to my kid, what happens to my money, what happens to my account, and gosh, what, oh, I had this IRA from 401k from way back um, that I don't even know where it is. Right. Um, so it's like this real dumb stuff to deal with, but the cost of not dealing with it is real high. That's what, I mean, in our office a couple of days ago, that's what started this, as we were talking, and two of my employees have young kids, yeah. and neither one have a will, neither one have a plan. Life insurance kind of goes along that same thing, right? Like, what happens if you die? And I'm a big believer in insurance, so like, I am very well insured. I am worth way more dead than I am alive. Like, I have a lot of insurance on me because if something happens, I want my child to continue to be able to be raised like he's being raised now, right? Like, I want to have that stuff in place that we could pay for college and we could do all those things that he needs. But I think it's the same thing. Like, people don't think about life insurance. They don't think about that stuff either. I mean, the truth is most people think of themselves as in more debt than they're worth, right? So, and uh, many people are in more debt than totally. they're worth, yep. sure. But if you die, you don't think of like, okay, uh, student loans don't get carried through. Student loans get forgiven. Yep. Uh, so there's a big de debt difference. Yep. And then you say like, okay, now what's your, what, what are your assets? And you know, Chuck's house wasn't a, a mansion, but it was not worth nothing. Right, and, and he had some equity in it. He had some equity yep. and had some time built up. And so even just the estate sale and all the stuff inside and right. even the, um, you know, different pieces of the insurance for the car from the car accident, um, you know, it all has to go somewhere. Right. And gosh, then it ends up being quite a bit of money and if you can't spend it or do anything with it for 15 years. The compound effect of that money, right? Gross. Yeah. Yep. So what happens in your case when she turns 18? <laughs> it's complicated. She gets it though, uh, right? She gets it. She gets it all. And he would have not wanted that and uh, we may or may not quite frankly tell her that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's a little bit of a, I have had to now parent around wealth. And I didn't grow up with wealth. I grew up, you know, not wealthy. Um, and so, like, gosh, what 18-year-old is is ready to inherit a bunch of money, right? Let me tell you, mine's 15. We are not three years away from that. Like, no. we are way more than three years away yep. from that. Yep. So even just saying, like, gosh, can you buy whatever you want or um, get a fancy car and, you know, please don't wreck it, yep. um, you know, which is absolutely something that Chuck wouldn't have wanted. Right. I know that deeply. Yeah. When Charles's dad died in June, Ryan got dollars. Okay. And it was interesting because I don't think they really thought it through very well, or at least in my opinion, like the estate didn't leave Ryan money. They each individually left Ryan money. Huh. So when Lee died, Ryan gets dollars. And really, we didn't have any conversations around what his intention was with that money. Like, I don't, we, you know, they didn't talk about anything, so I don't really know what his intention was. Yeah. We decided with the Charles's mom that a good intention would be buying a car. 
because he turned 16 in January and he needs to have a car. That's a good, he hadn't really been saving for a car. But now it's like, okay, this is your budget. And so we're having lots of conversations around, sorry, that car costs 35,000. You don't have 35,000. You could have had $35,000 if you've been saving money, but you have $25,000. Yep. And how do you budget around that? How, and wrecking, it's another good, like, I hope we get a car that then he doesn't wreck. Yep. But he has to have those decisions around, how can I spend the money? How can you spend it the wisest? Yep. We talk about, like, do you want to buy a newer car with less bells and whistles or an older car that has more bells and whistles? Like, what's that balance? And, and what, is that, what does that look like? But it's hard. These kids don't understand at that big a scale. Well, and let's back it up to the reason I came to you originally. Uh, cool story. My grandfather died and Chuck's grandfather died. Each grandfather left each of us $20,000. Mine was restricted to be used to either start a business or buy a house. His was not, and he bought rims for his car and a new fancy computer and a cool computer chair and you know yep. you know Chuck and all the things yep. he bought. Um, so I started this nest egg and then have leveraged that house into a bigger house, into another bigger house, and now have you know what I feel like is kind of my dream home in um, a neighborhood where I would never have been able right. to afford because I work at a nonprofit and I don't like, yeah. you know, I get paid partially in magic. Um, but <laughs> totally. that's part of the thing to say, like, if you're intentional, not mm -hmm. that there's a right or wrong answer to a car or rims or yeah. a house, but you get to say if you do it while you're alive. You yeah. do not get to say if you don't say, right? And so, one, you can formally get a will, you can formally have insurance, and you can kind of divide your assets in a smart way, or you can just like, meh, and then you lose a lot of control right. and a lot of uh, opportunities to leave a legacy and to leave a lesson and to say, like, what would be important to me is teaching you the pathway to gaining wealth and to gaining adulting. Uh, skills totally. and or you can buy rims for your car and have you know which absolutely got involved in a car accident and yeah. you know like we're gone by the time you know we even got married so right. that's how Charles got started too yeah his grandmother died yeah and he bought a house when he was in college because of that the problem now though is twenty five thousand dollars doesn't go very far hundred <laughs> percent but you know whatever that number is Absolutely. and that's the point is like having whatever the number is and then having some intentionality behind where it goes and even like on a very real practical level leaving someone an IRA has very different um, tax implications than leaving them cash and so having people who know this stuff yeah. help you and kind of determine for wherever you are in your life because for some people it's just like where will, you, where will your kiddo go and who's going to take care of them and what's the money involved in that relationship right um, and for some people they're like I live in an apartment I have a, a car and like yeah. I don't know I don't have a but somebody is going to leave it to you um, wherever you are though make a plan start somewhere and I always say like do something and then grow from that check in every five years check in every major life event if you get married change it. If you have a baby, update it. Yeah. If you, you know, win the lottery, change it again. If you inherit wealth from a grandparent who died, let's let's update it. Update it. We updated ours when we went to China. Oh, smart. Because I felt like it was a big trip, it was yep. traveling. Yep. So before that big yep. event, we updated it. Smart. But like when we did our will, we didn't have Ryan yet. Yep. And our attorney said, "Hey, if you had a child, and you died. A theoretical child. Theoretical child that we don't have, who would get that child if you died? Yep. And for us at that point, it was easy. It's my mom, like that's like that's who it's been all along. Yep. 
But that's not always an easy decision for everybody. But I loved that he asked me that because although it was kind of weird in a theoretical sense, it was nice later because we didn't get it. I mean, like he was probably five or six before we got it updated again. Yep. So it didn't, it didn't really matter. If you're talking to somebody and they're like, I don't have anything, where do I start? What do you say the first step is? For people who have like a very simple estate and no assets that are complex, I always say there's a great uh, website called freewill.com. Okay. Free will. Um, so A, you get a free will. Yeah. It costs zero dollars to do it. Um, but B, it kind of says like, what is your will? What's your idea? What's your legacy? What is your... It asks you the questions to get through the it. questions. And in a very kind of conversational way. You know, uh, one of the things I love about free will is it uh, forces the conversation about philanthropy. And you can say zero to, I don't have a favorite charity. I don't want to leave money to anyone. Or like, gosh, I want my life to stand for something. I've always been a big proponent of homeless services, and I'm going to leave money to that. Yeah. Or in our case, we um, engage with them at Make-A-Wish to say, like, donors who have been giving to us for a long, long time and want to continue to give and make an impact past their uh, lifetime um, can leave a, a gift to make a long-term impact to the charity that meant so much to them while they were alive. And so that's also a good answer for people who don't have maybe, they don't have kids, they don't yeah. know where that money's going to yeah. go. Then you can have some input. Like we have friends who have a charitable trust. Yep. Right? That's the right yep. word? Yep. And so that, like everything we, is left into that charitable trust. Yep. So if you're at the point of having a charitable trust, you usually will get a lawyer. Yeah, you'll that's, get a, that's a bigger deal, right? You'll have yeah, a guy, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. that Not is money if you're that's a about different that level. thing. Yep. Um, but I think start at at the level of a free will or a legal Zoom or whatever makes sense to you. Um, honestly, it would have made my life a million jillion times easier if right. Chuck had done that, right? Um, and Amara's life easier, right? But especially because in that case, all I had to do was say like the money goes to Amara, and I'd love to have it pay for her college, like easy. It would have taken 10 seconds. Um, well, and think about, I mean, although I know it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows, but, like, you guys were really all on the same page. 100%. About what he wanted. And in a different situation, his family could have been not on the same page as you. Yes. And then it would have been exponentially harder, right? Yes, yes. And it's already such a taxing, trying, crazy time. But because of our grandfather story, um, we had had deep conversations around like the values mm. of money and the values of giving and the values of what do you want your legacy to be and what would you want in that case. Yeah. Um, if you could impact your kid, what would that look like? Um, and not everyone has even that totally. conversation, you know, and I remember so clearly the day after he died, his mom calling me and we had been divorced at the time, as you know, um, and saying like, well, did he want to be buried or cremated? And, you know, that was a big conversation to have with someone who, you know, we had been divorced for, for three years and yeah. we hadn't been close, you know, right. <laughs> for, for right. that time. But she didn't know the answer. And I did. Yeah. Right? So I also just say to people, like, have the conversation. Open the di dialogue. And, yeah. you know, both with your parents, but also with your spouse or your best friends or, like, whoever's going to step up at that time because, gosh, we are really uncomfortable in this society about talking about death, and it is the only sure thing. Well, and money. Like, you come, uh, you're, now you're going death and money, right? Yeah. Like, neither, nobody was talking about either one of those. Right. Um, I was given some good advice at some point that if you do have some money, leaving the money to someone different than you leave your children to. So you have like a financial person in charge of that and then somebody else taking care of the kids. I don't know. I know that's very personal for people, but I thought that was an interesting thing. And so in our world, we did that. Like my mom gets the kid, but somebody else is the executor. Yeah. Well, and there's the kind of the dealing with the estate, but then there's also the long-term doling out the money piece, right. you know, and saying like, gosh, worst case scenario, your kiddo is like drug addicted right. and whatever. 
turn off the sp- spigot of money, you know, or do like a allowance of a sp- specific amount of money. And you can just have all these things set up and it doesn't even have to be a specific person. And again, the more money you have and the more complex the, more the thing, then the more that stuff is needed. Um, but I will say there was six months in there where it was almost impossible to function financially. And quite frankly, death is expensive. Yeah. So there was a lot going out and yeah. not a lot coming in. And during that time, thankfully, one of our good friends set up a uh, GoFundMe for us. But it would have been really hard to do. It would have taken years to dig out of that had we not had the gift of that GoFundMe, truly. Well, because, yeah, because the money gets tied up in things. And then how do you pay for the funeral? How do you pay for the cremation? And how do you pay for all the, the house b- payments still needs to come out and all those things still happen? And then, like, in our case, like, oops, there's no more child support coming in. There's no more, you know, <laughs> there the school bill is still there and right. the dentist is still happening and the stuff that used to be going to this amount of money doesn't do that anymore. So... Uh, you know, like even just the rebalancing of who's paying for what, right? It changed everything. Yeah. Right. Well, and like even custody-wise, right? Like, 100%. like changed your expenses because now all of a sudden you weren't sharing custody. Yep. You just had custody. Yeah. Yeah. And getting uh, childcare around the clock, and or mm-hmm. like doing the nights that used to not be my nights, and or <laughs> doing you know like I have a full-time job, and so trying right. to figure out what does that look like for aftercare, and and that just it changes every everything changes. Right. Okay. So having a plan, at least then you have a plan, right? Hundred percent. So let's talk about giving. Yep. What does that look like if like you believe in your will that you want to leave money to make a wish or what what do people do? What do you see on that? Like starting from the people who maybe don't have a lot of money sure. and then up to like, okay, I have a trouble trust. Like what is what is that delta? So it's a really fascinating. I love having this conversation with people, whether it's about make a wish or just where are their priorities, because I think that this where you give is where your heart is. It's in is a biblical truth, let's just say. <laughs> yeah. um, but also it's such a thing that is tied into people's values and heart and what is the legacy that you're going to leave on the planet. Um, So I think, though, that Jeff Bezos just had the best article on the planet, thank God, uh, which was like, giving money away well is really hard. Interesting. And he went from like, uh, he gave $100 million to Dolly Parton because she's really good at giving out money. Um, (laughs) He gave it to her to to give out money. Isn't that fascinating? That is fascinating. So, like, you know, Bill Gates has a building with filled with people who are giving out his money well, yeah. right? Gates Foundation is one of the most founda- famous foundations in America. Um, so people will go from, like, here's a $100 one-time gift to here's $100 million, please give it out well. Um, you know, we have, it's complex to give out money well. Mm-hmm. And then if you, while you're alive, get to say, um, you know, are the people doing the work that I want them to be doing? Is it impacting the group that I want it to be impacting? Is it following the geographic outreach that I want it to be? So in a really weird um, local crazy example for us, if people just put Make-A-Wish, um, the money goes to Make-A-Wish America. If they put Make-A-Wish Oregon, it goes to Make-A-Wish Oregon. And so that's a kind of nuancey thing that like, gosh, have a phone call. And right. you would not believe how many times somebody will leave us like a quarter of a million dollars in their estate who have never given a dollar in their lives, have never met any of us, have never been a part of a wish, have never been. Um, and many times they'll just go to their financial advisor and say like, I don't know, what's a good children's charity? And that yeah. that person will say, make a wish. And I'm like, <laughs> um, let's get a little bit more uh, 
sophisticated yes. and thoughtful about the legacy that you want to leave on the planet. I love getting the gifts, obviously, yep. um, and we put them to good use uh, immediately. But one a really great way I start this conversation with a lot of people is um, what do you want to do with your frequent flyer miles? So they're not transferable upon death, but you can give them to us. Um, so it's a good way to start kind of the conversation around what impact will you want to leave on the planet, right? Right, And so whether that is for somebody, an environmental cause or an animal cause or children's charity or the school you went to or in a very complex situation and you want to start an endowment that funds forever off the, um, you know, the principal never gets touched, but you invest uh -huh. it and the um, income goes to fund whatever it is for years. Colleges are excellent at that, and they can kind of fund a scholarship forever. Um, or, you know, what if there's a dorm with your name on it at your college where you went? Um, that's like on the huge scale. Right. Um, but I just think it's such a cool conversation to have with people. Like, what's important to you? What kind of impact do you want to leave on the planet? And then also, how do you involve your kids in that conversation and or your grandkids? And so the other craziest thing we have is the relationship sometimes with kids or grandkids where they're like, I had no idea my parents were giving like this. And people just don't necessarily talk about giving and impact that that has on a long-term basis. And it's such a cool opportunity to yeah. connect on a real way to say, where do you think we should give? Or, uh, you know, giving kids a pocket of money um, to give out each year. You've been teaching Ryan about philanthropy yeah. since a very young age, but that's pretty unique, honestly. Well, and it's interesting because, like, my grandparents had a lot of money. Yep. My parents did not have money. Yep. My grandparents never gave. Yeah. Now, I should go back and ask my mom again now, yeah. but I am pretty sure the answer is they never donated any charity ever, ever, ever. But for us, that was just natural. And probably natural because, like, you made it natural, or, like, they, like people in our world, right? But, like, that philanthropy part is really important. And it's not, I mean, sometimes it's just write a check. Yep. Sometimes it's, like, how do we actually be involved? How do we actually volunteer? Yep. Like, like I love December because there's things I could actually go do in real life that I get so excited. And we couldn't do it in COVID. And now I'm, like, okay, those things are back. But, like, teaching Ryan that's been really important. Yep. And I don't know if you remember, like, a few years ago when he won that coloring contest. Yeah. And we made him give, like, you can yep. save some, you can give some, and you can spend some. But it was made so much better because when he chose to give it to Make-A-Wish all on his own, like, we didn't have any input on that at all. But then you guys did a great job because, like, you gave him a big check. <laughs> and, like, you, but that's, like, that's important, right? Because yeah. he was, like, six or seven. Yeah. And so it's a good, like, that just reiterates that, oh, that's what we do. Yeah. We don't just spend our money. We don't just, like, I work with my team a lot on, like, you can make a lot of money, but then you have to, like, be smart with your money. Yeah. Or the making it didn't matter. Like, you're not making any impact. Yeah. Right? Well, and honestly, the most fascinating thing is kind of the generational differences around giving. Like you were saying with your grandparents and your parents, that's very true generationally. So mm -hmm. in the civics uh, generation, they just gave. It was part of the expectation of the universe. And uh, now again, with the younger kids, they grew up having to volunteer as part of school, uh -huh. right? That's so that wasn't yeah. the thing when we were growing up no, by no. any stretch, and it surely wasn't when your mom was growing up. Uh -huh. um, so there's two generations in there uh, that really don't have a formal education around philanthropy and or volunteerism as a part of... Uh, yeah, Ryan has requirements for school. Has to do it, yep. right? So he will have a much more sophisticated understanding of the nonprofit sector and the social benefit group of like what is what do I want to do with my time and my mm -hmm. money that your grandparents just didn't right. get. Well, and he gets to see Charles and I choose to spend our time yep. in those ways too. 
right? Absolutely. And sometimes those are like big things because like you can do big things in the world, like make a wish or whatever, right? But you can also do little things. Yeah. Like help out somebody who just like help them out a little bit, moves the needle on their life. Absolutely. And so it's being in that position where like I can give you that and it doesn't ruin my world. Yep. But it completely changes your world. I just had a conversation with someone recently because I know there's been a lot of conversation around Portland and how it's not as clean as it once was and there are some struggles with the city and I just said to somebody, you know, they were complaining and I said, well, what are you doing about it? You know, are you setting up a neighborhood cleanup with Solve? Are you getting your kids to help pick up trash every time you go somewhere? Are you doing something to make it better or are you just sitting around and complaining about it? Because it's not necessarily government's job to fix it. It's not necessarily the nonprofit sectors either, but it takes all of us and it takes intentionality and it takes modeling. And so to say to Brian watching you give a gift to uh, even whether it's an organization or just a person who really could use your help right now, you kind of teach absolutely a lot like those actions. they catch the actions right like and more than what we say it's the actions that's right thanks so much for having me jenny turner lovejoy real estate follow us on social and listen to us everywhere you listen to podcasts thanks for having me jenny and thanks also for bringing this super important topic to the people who uh work with you and know you and are a big fan of you thanks